When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I got to uh, uh, number 37 and a woman walked up and, and I looked at her and I said, what do you do? And she said, well, I'm in the prostitution business. No way. So I look up and I'm like, okay, tell, tell me more about this. Yeah. What's the hourly rate? Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all gonna give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to The Art of Charm, I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We want to empower you to create an amazing life for yourself by making tools available to everyone that were previously only known to high performers. And we've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some great content and free products that we don't or can't share on the show by signing up for the newsletter, theartofcharm.com. This show is about you. We're here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. If you're new to the show but you wanna know where to begin or find out more about what we teach here at the Art of Charm live programs in LA, you can go to the website and we'll email you a starter kit of all the top podcasts here on the Art of Charm. We'll send you the fundamentals, body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, dating, attraction, business networking, negotiation, relationship management, public speaking, and more. Pretty much all the stuff we'd wish we'd learned and mastered years ago, and we've got our live programs running every single week here in LA. In fact, we've got guys from all over the world coming in, which shows that no matter where you are, you're not too far away to make it here if you wanna learn and grow. Details on that at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp, or give us a call in the office, or just email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. We read everything, and I'm looking forward to meeting you here at AOC. Today we're talking with Coach Michael Burt. He's an interesting, kind of new leader, super coach guy. He's a part coach, part entrepreneur, all around leader, good guy, really fun. He's charismatic, he's got a cool Southern accent and a zebra striped suit, so you can't really beat that. We're gonna talk about how to become a quote unquote person of interest, how to supply value to other people, how to get to be to the point where you're interesting enough to keep high quality people in your orbit, raise your status, and not fall into the commodity trap of just becoming your job or falling into that as your only portion of your identity. And I think this is a really interesting show, maybe a little underrated because the topics and the nuances can be a little bit more subtle than usual. But enjoy this one with Coach Burt. Tell me what you do in one sentence and we'll flesh it out from there. Well, I really consider myself a super coach, which is uh, a cross between a former championship coach who has an entrepreneurial mind. And in 2008, started my own company, coaching and training entrepreneurs, uh, sales professionals, and uh, people who are really hungry for more, uh, particularly in systems and structures to elevate their careers. Okay, so you work mostly with professionals in that case? That's correct, mostly entrepreneurs or people that, that are in saturated or commoditized industries that are looking for some competitive advantage. How do you give people a competitive advantage? Because that's actually a really great topic because I think a lot of people think, well, you know, I can't do X, Y, and Z because there's too many people doing it, or I've gotta work my way up the ladder, but it, it can be really tough to do that when nobody's noticing you, you're working to stand out, 
your confidence is shaky because people get promoted over you or the boss likes the other guy better, et cetera? Well, I, I wrote a book called Zebras and Cheetahs, which is about differentiation. A zebra looks different than every other animal and a cheetah runs faster. And the, the zebra, in my opinion, creates unique and proprietary value. So your competitive advantage, from my perspective, comes from your past, your past education, your past experiences, your past struggle. And ultimately, that's what I'm paying you for, is some unique part of your past that has helped you create some unique process that uh, you're a must-have versus a nice-to-have. And, and we're taught not to look back. And so a lot of people don't understand that they're special or what I call their birthday gifts are actually somewhere from their past. They haven't found it. They don't know how to package it. They don't know how to sell it. So they actually commoditize their own self. How do we avoid doing that? Well, the first step, I think, you know, when you ask an adult what their talents are, they give you very vague answers. Yeah. Like I'm a good person or I work hard or I show up on time and I like to say the 80s called and they want their phrases back. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, because you can't, that, that doesn't differentiate you. So the first step really to differentiation is to figure out what your unique abilities are. And these are some superior talent, many times given to you very early in life or detected very early in life by other people. And so I make people really understand that a talent is taking something incredibly complicated and making it simple. A talent is seeing opportunity where other people see nothing. Uh, a talent is connecting to anybody, anywhere, anytime, solving complex problems. These are actual hard skills or talents that the world will compensate you for when you use your talent to solve other people's problems. And how do we start to differentiate ourselves? How do we become that zebra? Because it it's interesting to explore this topic, but unfortunately, a lot of it's loaded with platitudes, right? Where people go, well, you just gotta put yourself out there, or you gotta differentiate yourself. And it's like, great, but the guy who's been passed up for three promotions, he doesn't not know that, right? He's, he just can't seem to do it. Well, you can't really differentiate until you, it is full with platitudes, but the reality is you cannot differentiate until you first understand that you need to differentiate. And so if I ask 10 people on the street in California why you need to look different than other people, they really don't know because we go to commodity factories in education, we pump out and we look like everybody else, we go where the herd goes, we do what everybody else does because that's what we've been taught really our whole lives. And so we don't even understand why we need to look different. We just know that we kind of go where everybody else does. We actually get in trouble when we stand out. Some people choose to stand out by how they look. Uh, you know, when I speak on zebras and cheetahs, I wear a zebra print jacket. And I do that wow. to say I look different than everybody else in the room. I normally don't bring it out until the middle of the presentation. And it's a big deal because now I look different. So some people choose to look different. And I think really there's three places. Your product or service just looks different than other people's. And you can clearly articulate that. And, and what I mean by clearly articulate it is you say I have three unique abilities that based on my unique past and my unique experiences, my unique mentors, there are three things that I can do that nobody else can do, and it's this, this, and this. And I compete on these three unique abilities. So your product or service is better, your delivery of that product or service is differentiated in some way, or you are just differentiated by your perspective. And that's really what I'm paying you for. The reason I listen to The Art of Charm in you is because your unique point of view you have a unique background, lawyer, Wall Street, moved to California, you interview interesting and successful people, which has given you a unique perspective on success, not only in your personal life, but in your business life. So really, if there's thousands of podcasts to listen to, why do I listen to Art of Charm? It's because the unique perspective you bring and the guests bring. 
uh, so that I walk away and I think different than I did before. Excellent, and by the way, the zebra print jacket, did you have to have that custom made or is that off the rack down there in the South? <laughs> I actually got the uh, the president of Loudmouth Golf to, to make that for me when we were writing that book and I said, uh, you guys are the epitome of looking different and, and I'm writing this book and about three weeks later, a zebra print jacket showed up on my doorstep. Wow, you're probably the only person who's not in a, in a hair metal band that has a custom tailored <laughs> zebra print jacket. Well, you know, it's just symbolic, man. And it's amazing how simple you can differentiate. And and, and I think that's what frustrates me a lot with people is that uh, people just don't know where to go to differentiate. And, and the websites look the same and the marketing looks the same and the phraseology looks the same. Yeah. There's really no differential advantage. And that's why I call myself a super coach. I am a former championship coach, which means I actually know how to win. I did not wake up one day and call myself a business coach uh, with an entrepreneurial mind. And that's what makes me different than John Maxwell and and Jim Collins and Stephen Covey and other people is that uh, when it comes to coaching, this is an area I think I can beat them. They may beat me in selling books or leadership, but I've got to find one advantage over other people when they have bigger budgets or bigger name brand recognition. Excellent. Yeah, perfect. Well, good. We need to be doing the same thing. And absolutely, your your new work, person of interest, is actually well. Is it new? It's not new, is it? Yeah, it's it's been out in the last year and a half. Okay. It's been That's still yeah, new. It, it, it's it's pretty new, and it still continues to sell a lot of copies. and And I think it's because it's a it's a great title, and there are lots of people who aspire to become people of interest. Absolutely. Now we know why that's important, of course, because if you're going to stand out, you got to be able to look at how attractive you are with a very frank eye and, and then do some work on that as well. Well, the book is written on a premise to attract other people. We must become attractive. And uh, lots of people, when they don't hit their sales goals, when they don't get what they want, they very rarely look at themselves and just say, I'm just not attractive enough to the market because if the market never lies, the market's giving us a clear indicator every 30 days or every day actually how attractive we are. And if we could ever learn to just say, when we don't reach where we're going, we just are not attractive enough right now. Doesn't mean we can't get more attractive. So person of interest is how you flip the script and become a buyer versus a seller. You've got the supply, the market has the demand and your value is so great in the market that people are literally beating your door down to, to want a piece of you. Excellent. And so where do we start with this? Because what's that Michael Jackson song, starting with the man in the mirror, right? That's tough. It's a cold shower to look at yourself and go, well, maybe it's not just the economy. Maybe it's not the team. Maybe it's not this other external excuse. Maybe I do have this issue. And it can be really tough to look at yourself in that way. But do we have a framework that we can use? Because if you've got a framework, if you've got tools, like what we teach here at the Art of Charm, like some of the stuff that you've got in person of interest, it becomes easier because then at least you have a tool to do something about it. It's like looking at your garage and going, man, that's really dirty. If you've got a broom, a storage unit with plenty of space, now you know at least you can solve the problem or take a dent in it. That's a better feeling than just going, wow, this is a mess and there's nothing I can do. Well, I think to become more attractive, we first must ask, how attractive are we today? And so in the book, I talk about every 30 days, we should do an assessment. And the assessment would look like this. If we're in sales, for example, and there's a number that we want to hit, where are we in relationship to that number? Are we ahead or are we behind? That's the first thing. Number two question is, how many incoming leads are we getting or opportunities? I mean, how many are we actually getting that are incoming not outgoing, not you calling people to tell people how great you are, 
but people calling you because they want a piece of your time, your energy, or your expertise. And then I go to look at how many strategies are you using to drive up your attractiveness? Because the reality is most people are just not using enough strategies. In a commoditized world, most people are using three to five strategies to get attention. Their biggest problem is obscurity. It's not that they're not really good. It's just not enough people know who the hell they are. So most people are not pulling enough levers. They're not using enough strategies. And then I look at the number of people that you're actively trying to attract into your life. I call that the help list or hit list, people that you believe you can help with your services, the number of people that have indicated interest in your services but have not closed the deal. And then we just look at all of this as it relates to every 30 days, and the market really tells us. So let's say I gauge my person of interest score every 30 days and I don't have enough sales in relationship to where I'm supposed to be in relationship to my goals. I don't have any incoming demand for my time, energy, or expertise. I don't have enough people that have indicated interest in our services. At the end of the day, uh, back in the old days, the cheerleaders had a cheer when I was in high school that said, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. (laughs) Yeah, that uh, too, yeah. And sometimes the reality is when I make people do this assessment, Jordan, people say, my goodness. We, our business is is really ugly right now. And it's almost like the first time they have ever come to that realization that we don't have any income in demand. We don't have any interest. There is no chatter or buzz of people talking about us or our business. We do have an obscurity problem. And so this person of interest ses- assessment usually wakes people up right out of the gate. Excellent. So what do we do with that? I mean, how do we start to come to those realizations or how do we figure out what we can change and, and what we should start with after the assessment, the initial assessment? Well, the first step is you said it best. It's hard to look in the mirror. This is why I believe everybody needs a coach in life. You can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. And that's why people come to you in California and spend a week with you. If they could figure it out on their own, they wouldn't need a coach. That's right. And, and so this is important. A coach will do three things for you. They'll have conversations with you you don't want to have, Okay but you need to have. They'll force you to do some things you don't want to do, but you need to do. And a good coach will help you become something you did not think you could become. And so that's the reason I have to impose this assessment on people and people won't do it on themselves. Now, once they figure out they have these problems, they're not that interesting to the market, then we literally have to go to work on how attractive we are. So if you think about the concept to attract other people, we must become attractive. We have to ask what is attractive to other people? And so in the book, I talk about ingredients. I talk about ingredients of people of interest, knowledge, skill, desire, confidence, likability, connectivity, deep networks, some free prize, something I get in addition to the relationship. And then I just keep taking it deeper and deeper and deeper, not just any knowledge, specific knowledge, okay? Not just any any desire, uh, a specific kind of desire, a specific number of activities, And so I just go through these until I just keep deepening that until they have a framework to go to work when they find the missing structure that they have. Now, what are some of the common principles that people of interest do, the do's and don'ts? Because it is so much easier to, like you said, blame the economy or blame things. But, you know, there's certain behaviors that people of interest have that people who are less interesting simply don't do or that people of interest do that other people are not doing. And that's really key, I think, because when we can divide these into habits, we can start to break bad habits and form good ones. Well, for years, many successful people, especially if they're seasoned, which is just another word for saying a little bit older, uh, when you ask them what helped them become successful, seven out of 10 of those will tell you they read a book or went through a program called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Right. 
And what I consider person of interest is the modern day, how to win friends and influence people. Because in that book, it teaches you to be interested, always be interested in another person. You ask questions about them. They have formulas that you do, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. What I'm really telling you in person of interest is to be interesting, be interested in them, but to flip the script and actually be interesting, actually be a a fascinating person, live a fascinating life. Uh, do fascinating things, hang around fascinating people, have fascinating achievements, make fascinating money, and so that other people are interested in you. So think of it this way. When I'm with you, I feel better about me. And so what is it about you and what you have that takes my low thoughts of value and converts them to high thoughts of value? What is it that when I come to you insecure, you, you take me and make me feel confident? What is it when I come to you with a lack of clarity, I walk away with clarity? Because something about you, something you have, that goes back to those ingredients that takes my low thoughts of value and converts them. So I come to you as a person of interest that attracts me to you because of something that you have. And so when I'm with you, I feel better about me. You make me feel more confident. You make me feel like I can do anything. You make me feel like I can dream bigger. You make me get off the fence and start something I've always wanted to to start. So practical steps is first to come to a realization. I don't want to chase people. I want to attract people. How attractive are we? Then we go to work on understanding people of interest are always in the transformation business. They're never transactional. What does that mean? That means that transformation is I come to you one way and I leave you another way. Okay. Transaction is I have a transaction with you and I can actually discard you as soon as the transaction is over, which is how most people operate. We do a real estate transaction and when we're done, I can discard my real estate agent. Uh, and so transformation means you have something of value that you have created based on your unique past, your unique skill sets, that other people are coming to you in droves. Now, you can be a person of interest to one person or a million people. And the people of interest to millions of people obviously get rewarded in the form of love, money, recognition, referrals, repute. And so uh, a practical step is to really understand in every interaction, it, you can either transact or you can transform. You cannot give away what you don't possess. Yeah, that's for sure true. I love that. All right, now back to Coach Burt. How do we start to take the low thoughts of value and convert them to higher thoughts of value? And and I love what you said about making people feel good around you. I mean, that's the key, right? Because having those tough conversations is really valuable, being authentic is really valuable, but if people go away feeling like crap every time and there's no balance there, you're gonna, you're in trouble, right? People are not gonna wanna have those conversations with you at all. They need to have the hard conversations and come away feeling really good. Uh, and that's part of transformation, of course, as well. Because the trick is, right, you actually have to care. Otherwise, you, you couldn't do this work. Yeah, you know, and, and, and obviously if you don't care, it just, it's end up in a transactional relationship where there is no change. And so, you know, there has to be a trusting relationship. A person has to come hungry, humble, and teachable. One of the things we discuss in the book is a filter, an opportunity filter, which means every opportunity that comes up in your life, you run it through a clear filter because you know what you would like to attract. So, for example, in the old days when people build vision boards, they would put a picture of a supermodel and a Lamborghini, and all the things they want to attract back into their life. What I say is I I want to attract a certain type of person back into my life. And so I use a filter. The filter is I'm looking for enlightened people, which does not mean elitist. It just means they're open to anything, closed off to nothing. They're not narrow-minded. 
They're humble. They're hungry. They're teachable. They're coachable. So I look for enlightened people that have a unique perspective. I like working with cool people. If I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I get to choose who I work with, then I like working with interesting people I can learn something from. Typically, uh, that leads to, if I've got an enlightened person and their unique perspective, that leads to a vested partnership, which means we're both in this together. We are both supporting each other. It's not a one-sided relationship where one person does all the work and the other person complains about it. And that leads typically to a collective passion, a high level of synergy, creative cooperation, where we're really in this thing for each other. With no filter, we just attract anybody. So one step for people to do is actually step back and ask, what is my filter? What, what am I looking for? What opportunity do I want to attract back into my life? Because if we don't know, we typically attract poor relationships. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's true, right? If you have no filter and anything can make it through, then the lowest common denominator is what you're going to get. And that's it, you, typically what people take. Anybody with a pulse and a pocketbook, sure, you, let's sign you up, right? Especially if we're in business and we're the opposite of a person of interest, so we're desperate. And so just remember, exactly. we're taught our whole lives to chase. You know, when I first started my business in 08, when I transitioned out of sports, I went to, to great business people and I asked them, what do I need to do to grow my business? And they said exactly what you did in the beginning. Hey, you need to get yourself out there. Hey, you need to join the local chamber. Right. You need to call 100 people a week. You need to hand out business cards to anybody who will take them. Well, in essence, it is programmed into us to chase. And anything that feels chased many times runs. So how do we attract people? Well, first you have to know, who are we trying to attract? And if we're in the transformation business, for whom are we in the transformation business? And when I really figured this out is when my business took off because I just wouldn't take on anybody if they didn't fit in the filter. What kind of filter are you using? Is it something you can share with us? Yeah, the filter is really what kind of the steps I just mentioned. It's really just a framework uh, I spend a lot of time teaching people explanation of services because many people have a pitiful explanation of what they do. And the number one question many people get asked when you go out in public and meet strangers is what? What do you right. do? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is the first place that people commoditize their own self. Okay. Because this is a trap, Jordan. This is a trap because they expect you to say, I'm a realtor. I'm in the banking business, I'm a CPA, and as soon as you do that, they have already discounted you or they have put you into a category with the thousands and thousands of other people that do the exact same thing you do. Now, you had a guest on your show named Simon Sinek. Yep. And if you listen to what Sinek has, fascinating interview, by the way, and you did a, a fantastic job interviewing him. Thank you. When you really study his work, the genius of what he is saying is when people ask you what you do, Instead of telling them what you do, you tell them what you believe. And you will know, in my assessment, in the first 15 seconds, if they believe the same things you do by their body language, tone, inflection. And when you say, here's what I believe, like I told you, I believe everybody needs a coach in life because a good coach can change your life. If you believe that too, and you do because you're in the business of coaching people, then how easy is it for us to have a partnership or relationship with each other? Because we both believe the same thing. And I really know that in the first 15 seconds. And so a lot of people commoditize themselves because they start with what they do versus what they believe. Then they don't tell me why they believe it. I wouldn't get into what I do till probably the third or fourth thing. 
And so here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it. Because of that belief, here's what I do. Here's how we do it different than everybody else. Here's all the people we've done it for. And if we could do the exact same thing for you, then what would stop us from partnering with each other? Absolutely. So you go on the beliefs filter. I guess we need to clarify our beliefs at that point because you can't do it if you don't really know. What sort of beliefs are we talking about, by the way? I think a lot of people might be like, what kind of beliefs do I have? I don't know. And they start, there's, they start wandering all over the place. Well, we could have basic beliefs. You know, some of the people in my coaching program, for example, a person in my coaching program that sells real estate says this, I believe that the person in front of you is the most important person at that moment, at that time in the world. And in a noisy and distracted world, I give people my total undivided attention because of that belief. Now, she didn't say anything about selling real estate, but but I can tell you if she told me that, she's already got my attention. And so when you start with what you believe, you, you just tell people what you believe. It doesn't have to correlate with what you do. It's what you believe. And if they believe it too, then we're one step closer to having a partnership or relationship with each other. So when I go to events and meet people and they say, what do you do? I pivot and say, well, let me tell you what I believe. I believe everybody needs a coach in life. And then I ask this question, have you ever had a good coach? And half the people say, absolutely. I had a coach change my life when I was this age. Great. You know that a great coach takes talent and maximizes it. If they look at me with deer in the headlight looks, which tells me they've never had a good coach, I say, have you ever had a bad coach? And that hits everybody else because everybody's had a bad teacher, uh-huh. bad coach, bad boss, bad manager. Then I say, you know that a bad coach squanders good talent. And they're like, oh, yeah. Now I know exactly what I'm working with in the first 15 seconds. So would you rather know in the first 15 seconds or would you rather chase someone for 15 months trying to convince them and chase them and shove what you have down their throat that they don't want? Wow. You know, looking at things from a belief perspective, my first gut reaction is like, oh, that's almost like a weird conversation to have. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're going to get to that type of conversation at some point if you decide to do business together. So you might as well do it in the beginning instead of waiting until the end and going, oh, crap, this really isn't a fit. And after you've invested all that time dealing with somebody at the surface level. Yeah, you've wasted all this time and energy, and most sales professionals do it that way. Yeah. I call it sales flirting. They flirt around, they mess around, for, and they waste an enormous amount of time. Now I know in the first 15 seconds if I've got a live one or not, and if it's not a live one, I cut bait and, and run. And if it is a live one, then I go the distance and work the relationship, but I know immediately if there's potential for a, a relationship there in the first 15 seconds when I share what I believe versus what I do. Excellent. Yeah, so now that's a little bit weird socially, right? That can come across a little bit weird. Do people ever go, wow, that was intense or it was like too much too soon? Do you deal with that at all? Well, I'm an intense guy and they yeah. figure that out, they figure that out pretty quick. But the reality is when you say it the way I'm saying it, well, let me tell you what I believe. It's actually a breath of fresh air because so many people are programmed to be commodities that they come out of the gates and say what they do, which is usually uninteresting. Right. And that's the opposite. So I say, what's the opposite of interesting, boring, disinteresting? Those are not the people you remember at the end of the day. And I'll give you a great example. One time I was signing books and there was a long line of people signing. And most people walk up and hand me their book and I sign it. And I say, uh, I ask three questions. Who are you? Where, where are you from? And what do you do? And I go through a whole line and people say, I'm Bob and I do this. And there's really nothing interesting about it. 
and I signed their book, Bob, good luck and whatever I put in there. And I got to uh, number 37 and a woman walked up and, and I looked at her and I said, what do you do? And she said, well, I'm in the prostitution business. No way. And I wow. immediately stop what I'm doing because okay, first step of business, right, is get attention. And so she got my attention. So I look up and I'm like, okay, tell, tell me more about this. Yeah. What's the hourly rate? And yeah. then she says, <laughs> uh, she says, we actually own a, a talent development company and we find the best talent in the world at the fastest rate we can find it when you need it for your business. So she just used the prostitution line to get my attention, then to tell me she really owned a staffing company, and they go out and find talent, and they find it faster and cheaper than anybody else. Now, why is that important? At the end of the day, I had 100 business cards from all these people that come through the line, and I go home, and I pull them all out on the desk, and guess which one I remembered? Yeah, of course. The one that said she was in the prostitution business, and, and, and because she got my attention. So that's the main point. People of interest garner attention, which is the opposite of what people are taught their whole lives to get attention. Every person that listens to you that's in business would tell you money follows attention. It follows action. It follows circulation. It follows movement. So we need more attention for our business because of this obscurity problem we've got. And that's really what person of interest teaches you to do, how to overcome the obscurity to become the dominant player in your space. Excellent. I know you have seven core ingredients. You also have what you call the free prize. Is that what you meant by the differentiator? Something like that? Yeah, the free prize was a popular concept made popular by Golden several years ago when he wrote a book on it. And, and the concept was this. You buy Cracker Jacks for the little prize. You buy Lucky Charms for the little extra. As a young uh, boy, I bought baseball cards, not for the cards, but for the bubble gum. And so I look at people like this. If I have a relationship with you, what is the one thing that I get outside of the relationship that I never expected, that totally shocked me, that totally blew me away. And so the free prize is an unexpected thing that I get from a relationship with you. It could be one of those ingredients that is just so strong and so powerful that I have to have you in my life. It could be a tangible or it could be an intangible. But when you start thinking about this, it's like I can get just a little bit extra with that person. And I just gave it a name and called it the free prize. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. All right, back to the show. Now, going back to your earlier point with the assessment, how do we assess ourselves? I mean, do we have some questions we can ask and figure out how in demand we are right now, what the market's really telling us? Or is it just, hi, I'm broke. Obviously, I'm not doing well. I mean, there has to be something to it, right? Well, yeah, well, I think that if you said boil it down to one thing, it's it's incoming demand, okay? There's a difference between outgoing and incoming demand. So we actually measure in my office, how many calls did we get this week for my time, energy, and expertise? How many people wanted to be, me to be on podcasts? How many people wanted me to be in an article in the newspaper? How many people called our office and said, I would like to speak to Coach Burt about this because he is the expert? Well, if we go throughout a whole week and there's no incoming demand, there's all outgoing, there's all chasing, there's all trying to convince, there's all trying to push what we have onto other people who don't want it, then the market is really telling us that you're not quite a person of interest. If there is lots of incoming demand, then the market is telling you that you, you have a person of interest score that is raising. And so it's the difference between chasing and attracting. Now, when you're growing your business, just like in our business, we're six years old, 
we obviously still have to go out and articulate our value to people. But we really know when our schedule is booked, we are meeting our goals, we have incoming demand, we have a long list of people who would like to work with us. And here's the best one, Jordan. Here's one you really know. You are a true buyer versus a seller, which means you are to the point where you get to pick and choose who you work with and who you don't. And you actually can turn away opportunity that does not fit in the filter. Now, when you get these opportunities in your office, how do you start to tell if the opportunity is worth pursuing or not? Because when I first started the Art of Charm with AJ, we would follow every opportunity and we got quickly buried. And I know a lot of new entrepreneurs are like, oh, I have to take advantage of this. I have to take advantage of that. And pretty soon your time is spent. And I know when I started doing lots of media, I was doing dozens of interviews every week for other shows and then just getting exhausted, just burning out. How do you start to decide whether or not an opportunity is worth pursuing or not? Well, early on, we really do have to take every pitch. Yes. The reality is, the cold hard truth, is that when you're trying to get attention for a new brand, a new product, or anything, you have to take every pitch. And so you get caught up in lots of low-value activity versus high-value activity. But over the years, so for you at that moment, it's really an aspiration to become a person of interest. And there's all different levels of person of interest. And so in some circles, you're already a person of interest. So for example, in my hometown, I'm a person of interest in my city, but this is where I live. This is where I've gotten the most publicity. This is where people see me. This is where we do trainings. So my strategy was to dominate the backyard before I dominate the whole yard. And so if you were in Los Angeles, your first goal is to dominate Los Angeles and then regionally and then super regionally and then nationally and then internationally. And so early on, it's an aspiration. I want to become a person of interest, but my activity is what makes me a person of interest. My activity with purpose, who I'm spending time with, what value I can really create for people, what problems I can solve. And so over a period of time, I'm sure you and AJ have begun to figure out that there is a low value of your time and a high value of your time that is in alignment with what you love to do, uh, what drives your economic engine, so to speak, and what you really have fun doing. So you now can say, you know what, I no longer want to do that and I no longer have to do that. Yeah, I I think for doing things like media and other things early on where you say take every pitch, I think that when you're new to the game, and I've been thinking about this for a while, it helps, like you said, to take every pitch because if it goes horribly wrong or if you do a show and no one listens or you get the ball dropped or it doesn't come out, you still have the value of practice, right? Especially like to use the the one that I was talking about earlier with being interviewed, it's great, you get a ton of practice, you do like a 100 interviews, and then suddenly, wow, I'm really good at this. I don't need the practice anymore, so the value, the marginal return on yet another interview for a really, really small platform starts to become near zero. There's no real practice value there, so the other channels become amplified. Is this worthwhile for my time because it's gonna drive sales? Is this worthwhile for my time because they use a different type of setup or it's on video or something like that, that I where I could use practice in another area. And if the answer is no, then you pass. But in the beginning, you can say, you could do a show that never sees the light of day because you just got a, a dress rehearsal of you being interviewed by somebody, even if it's not that great. Yeah, it's a great example of when people write a book, the very first thing the publisher tells you is you need to hire a publicist. And so you hire a publicist and you spend thousands of dollars for them to get you on radio stations that are AM stations in a Utica, New York, or right. a small place that nobody's listening. 
in the beginning, that's valuable because you need to practice. But over a period of time, you say, you know what, that will yield very little fruit. And uh, I'm already kind of past that. And I look at it like, you know, minor leagues versus major leagues is you just continue to get better until the world begins to recognize your value. And here's a great example. Next week, uh, I'm speaking in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm speaking before John Gordon, who wrote The Energy Bus and several bestsellers. The people who hired me really saw me as an opening act for John Gordon uh, because he has more brand recognition, more brand presence than I do currently. And so my job is to go in there and do a, a hell of a job, and that's a Southern term, hell of a, and to do such a good job that those people go, my goodness, man, this guy is on the same platform with John Gordon, or this guy is as good as John Gordon. Or if I do a great job, maybe they say this guy is better than John Gordon. But it's not their job to figure that out. It's my job to go open their eyes and overcome this obscurity problem that many people have. But if I get there in bomb or, or dud or just average or there's no differentiation between me, they say, oh, he's okay. You know, he's okay. And that's okay because the, the value's still there. Yeah, and it's okay if, if I'm just okay and I need to get better. But you have to know where you are in relationship to that. And it's really your job to articulate your value better to break through that obscurity. Well, how do we figure out what ingredients we have and which ones we don't so we can focus on our strong points and bolster our weak points? Great question. Many people and all people, to be honest with you, have what's called missing structures. And I don't call them problems. I call them missing structures. And a lot of times as a coach, I'll say, you have 90% of this figured out. If I could help you with other 10%, would it be valuable? And they'd say, well, where are my missing structures? Where are my problems? So I look at every person as a whole person. And what I mean by that is four components. And there's there's a reason I look at people this way. I look at them from body, mind, heart, spirit, which manifests itself into knowledge for the mind, skills for the body, desire for the heart, confidence for the spirit. Now that's four parts of a person of interest. And I'm suspecting that when guys come to you in California, you're diagnosing them through some type of structure. And you can quickly diagnose because of your skills and experience where people have a missing structure. Of course. And you say, your problem is confidence. Your problem is knowledge. Your problem is desire. Your problem is effort. And so if you look at a person of interest, you can very quickly look at a person and go, man, this guy's got a knowledge problem. He really don't know what to do. Or you can say he's got a likability problem. He's got a connectivity problem. He's got a network problem. Or he really doesn't have a free prize. So every person, I look through the framework of a person of interest, and I can quickly pick up where they need the most help the fastest. Excellent. Well, that's great. And can people do this kind of on their own? They can once they understand the framework. See, that's what the whole person theory really gave me. When I uncovered the whole person theory in the late 90s, what it really gave me was a paradigm of which I could predict, diagnose, and prescribe when I was coaching a person. Because if you just say, man, I got a lot of problems, which is how a lot of people think, man, I don't know, where do do I go to work? Well, if I told you, you really don't have a lot of problems, you really just got two problems. You lack effort, you won't do what it takes and the inconvenience to be great, and you, you lack confidence. And I think confidence is the one thing that affects everything. And we can build it, we can maintain it, we can protect it. I think when you're low on confidence, you can borrow from other people who have it. So if I could help you build your confidence, man, you're almost there. You're just missing this one ingredient. Excellent. Well, this is great. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to make sure to to bring across in this interview? And of course, we're going to have your book and work linked up in the show notes as well. But is there any last ingredient that that we're missing from this recipe? 
I think people just need to know that we all, not just certain people, should aspire to become people of interest. We should aspire to become people of intrigue, people of influence. This class should be taught in schools. It should be taught in elementary and high schools because the people of interest are the ones that dominate every market. They raise the energy level of every room they walk into. They're the people other people remark about. They're the people other people aspire to become. And so we need to want to become people of interest. And lots of people think it's reserved for certain people with money or they're distinguished or they're just better looking or they just come from a lucky a sperm club or whatever the case <laughs> may be, right? But you can become a person of interest if you understand the ingredients of people of interest and you desire to become a person of interest. Thank you very much, Coach Burt. Enlightening, fun, and uh, definitely useful. Thank you, man. It's been a blast. Love your show. Love your work. Keep up the great work. Likewise. Coach Burt telling us how to be a better person of interest, how to make sure you don't commoditize yourself. That's interesting. You know, I really think about it like that, but it does make a huge difference. You can really fall into the identity of your job, get sucked in, and stop differentiating yourself, which of course makes you more replaceable. So let's be aware of that, not just at work, but in all of our relationships. Show feedback and guest suggestions. This show's a fanarchy, it's run by you. We rely on you to keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone is a good fit for the show, let us know, I'm Jordan at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this one, don't forget to thank Bert on Twitter, We'll have that linked in the show notes as well as the other resources mentioned on the show. And I post a lot on Twitter, stuff that never makes it to the show, educational stuff, funny stuff, whatever. I'm at The Art of Charm on Twitter if you use that. And bootcamp details for our live training at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Also on the website are some bonus episodes that we don't release in the iTunes feed for those of you who just want more and more AOC 400 and 26 episodes wasn't enough. And remember to subscribe in iTunes, check out our network, write us a nice review so we can outrank some of the other schmoes that are keep trying to, that keep nipping at our heels in iTunes. And it's also the best way that writing a review that is to support us other than purchasing products and training from us. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of the Art of Charm podcast. Go ahead and tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 